Good Show. Good podcast. Subscribe to podcasts of Good Show at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590 The Fan. On demand. Going in for the shot. The shot is It's game day. for the Leafs and Red Wings. John Tavares with a hat trick! This is the Leafs Morning Skate. Mitch Marner snaps it home! On Sportsnet 590, The Fan. The bottom line, the way the game's played, and now it's way tighter, it's way harder. You can't go rink wide on your back end. You rim it to the bottom versus getting a shot on that new zone. Lots of things, so there's no question about it. It's not perfect. It's what we got, and it was what was available, and we're going to make it work. All right, I'm not certain that that, uh, well, doesn't necessarily sound like a resounding uh, vote of confidence for Mike Babcock, although I think Mike Babcock is probably so tired of answering that question, hearing that question asked about having too many left-handed defensemen. He probably just got to the point where I'll give a sort of halfway honest answer and move on. Hello and welcome to Leafs Morning Skate. Jeff Blair, Sean Mathias. And uh, Anthony Stewart, the Leafs get back on the ice tonight after their all-star break against the Red Wings in Detroit. They're home tomorrow, Hockey Night in Canada against the Pittsburgh Penguins. We saw Jake Muzzin, recently acquired Jake Muzzin, his first practice with the team yesterday. No surprise that he was paired with Morgan Riley. Um, Guys, were or should we be at all surprised, however, that the two left-handed defensemen the guy that was asked to move to the other side wasn't the newcomer, Jake Muzzin, but it was Morgan Riley. And I'll start with you, Anthony. Does that surprise you? Or Well, first of all, both of you guys, is, that, is it that big a deal? Left-handed, right-handed, is it that big a deal? In the GTHL, when you're 12 years old, yeah, it matters. <laughs> okay. But these guys are professional athletes in the NHL in the best league in the world. So, <clears throat> you know, obviously it matters a little bit, but um, when you're in the NHL, you know, you've been playing all positions. You know, me as a player, I played left wing, right wing, center, some defense, everything but goaltending. So um, I don't think it was a surprise until Sutter mentioned, hey, Muzzin's never played the right side mm-hmm. in his entire career. So I don't know who's been watching him play. So uh, with Muzzin, uh, he's got a long stick. He plays a heavy game. And um, I think Riley, the season he's having, you can put him anywhere and he's going to still do the same thing. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. Obviously, Toronto has a little bit of problems getting out of their end and you might get uh, a couple bad matchups here and there. But uh, on the grand scheme of things, it's it's a great move and I don't really think it's going to make that big of a difference. Yeah, Sean is a forward. What do you, when you see two guys, two left-handed shots, one guy playing on his his offside, change what you do at all? No, not really. But first of all, I think it's it's a really smart move by Babcock because Morgan Riley, I mean, like you said, Anthony, he's just he's a guy you can put anywhere. He's going to do a great job. And Muzzin, it's his first game. You want him comfortable out there. You don't want him to be playing a position he's never played before. And then he's a little nervous. He's a, He keeps saying he's a hometown kid even though he's a couple hours away. But, you know, it means a lot to him to be here. So those nerves are probably going to be real these next couple games. But uh, you want to make the transition to this team as comfortable as you can. And I think it's a smart move putting him on his natural uh, side. Yeah, but if they asked if they asked Babcock, what do you prefer? What do you think he would say? Obviously, a right shot. Sure. So I know it irks him because you remember in the Olympics, he was mentioning that, hey, we, we didn't take certain guys because we had too many left or right shots. Yeah. So he likes that perfect pairing. But... At this stage of the game, they had to improve the defense. Uh, they didn't have to sell the farm away. So I think it's a good move, and I think they're going to make the most of it. They definitely improved their defense with that move, I think. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Does, does uh, 
so if you're Morgan Riley now, you and, and again, there's this could be temporary. I mean, the way Mike Babcock does things, it may not last a period. Who knows? But if you're Morgan Riley, what adjustment do you have to make now to playing on uh, to playing on your offside? Is it you know? And specifically, what adjustments do you make in your own end, and what adjustments do you make in the other team's end? I think and he's going to have to get back and make plays a little bit quicker. It's tough when you're coming around the net and you got to make plays on your backhand or if, you know, I'm sure with the matchups, a lot of the forward, the coaches are going to be telling the forwards, hey, push him to his backhand, make him force him to make a play on his backhand. So I think he's going to have to hustle a little bit back to get, uh, hustle back a little bit more to make those plays. But, you know, if I'm Morgan Riley, I'm looking at it. I got 50 points. I'm almost mm-hmm. at my career high. I can afford to have a couple bad games here. And so he's not going to sit back and put his feet up. But I think he's he's more open to the idea of, you know what, if the team was struggling and he wasn't putting up points. So I think now he's going to welcome the opportunity and make the most of it. And you know what I like about Morgan Riley is he just plays the game. He just yeah. relaxes. He doesn't mm-hmm. look like he overthinks things too much. He wants to puck when he's out there. He's kind of one of those guys. He's always all over the place anyway. So I don't think it's going to be that tough of a transition for him to go to the right side, but he's a guy that they need going, and uh, he said a couple games off. I think they need him going every night. By the way, he's been playing this year, but it's uh, it's a good pairing for the Leafs for sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, I prefer to look at it, and I thought of this when sort of the story came out yesterday. Man, to me, that's a real vote of confidence in Morgan Riley. You know, when you consider where this guy was three or four years ago, I mean, that's that's basically your coach, and I don't know if Morgan Riley needs that. But that's basically your coach basically telling you, I have so much faith in you that, you know what, I'm going to throw you this challenge on February 1st, and it's not going to be that big a deal because I know you're just going to adapt it with it and run with it. And I think Morgan Riley's a good enough skater and is quick enough and changes direction enough that he could probably pull this off. That's why I'm not sure why he's not in the captain discussion as much as he deserves that's to be. That's a great point. Because he does so much for this team. He took a, a cat-friendly number for the team. Mm-hmm. He plays his heart out every game. He... You can tell he loves playing for this uh, city. And then to do this, I mean, he's just one of those guys. He does whatever the coach, whatever the team needs. And I think he should be in the discussion more about that captaincy. Oh, I've come around to that that way of thinking. You know, well, when we, do they play Boston next? Because he can, yeah, because Zygmanis <laughs> would say we name him captain for Boston because it's the key to beating Boston. But no, I, 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 I mean, I think you're you're exactly right. And I've sort of come around to that side more this season has gone on. Um, you know, the debate's always been, is it Austin or is it, or is it John Tavares? <sighs> you might be able to make a case for, you know, Morgan Riley's kind of the, it's, 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 it's the peace. It's the peace arrangement, right? Right. We're not, we'll give these two guys an A and give this guy a C. Well, when Jake Garner was getting booed, who is the teammate that you heard about in the locker yes. room having the toughest time with it? It and, was and who's, Morgan Riley. And who's a guy... I mean, Morgan Riley is really, not that this is the be-all and end-all, but guys, you've seen him. He's really comfortable in front of the media. Yeah, he, he's com- like, he commands the situation yeah, when he's, he's talking he's to the media. he's old school now, but we're talking new NHL. He's he's a little vanilla, too vanilla for me. Really? Yeah, he's too vanilla. For I think he's, he's a great ambassador for the game. Yeah, but we're talking now new NHL, young stars coming in. So how are you going to give Austin Matthews, you know, $18.8 million for the next eight years and Austin Matthews and not give him the C? Or Marner, who's going to be the second highest pair, uh, player on the team, and not have him in the discussions. So I think, I think with like, the politics of that, you have to give it to you know the young guys, the the, the young bucks. You know, McDavid has it uh, in Edmonton. How's that working out? Well, that's not his fault. It's not his fault, but he could have used a little. I like what Babs does. Yeah. When you talk about Morgan Riley four or five years ago, yeah, 
that was because the reins were on him a bit. He yeah. wasn't playing power play. Yeah. When I was there with him, I was like, how's this guy not running the power play? He's he's good enough. But Babs put the reins on him a little bit, and now he's just do whatever you want out there, and he's loving it. But he's I've been hearing fun. the whispers, you know, for the last couple of weeks before the break that, you know, Matthew's not taking his game to the next level. He's, uh, he's struggling to score goals. He's looking a little bit moody. So I think if you give him that C, it's going to force him into that limelight where he has to step up every given night because if he's taking a night off or he's not having a good game, you know, well, you know what? We got JT, we got Morgan Riley, uh, we got Marner stepping up. So I think if he's thrust into that spotlight, that's when you're going to see the superstar come out of him, I mm. think. Some guys don't handle that as well, though. You look at a team like San Jose, though, and you have Marlowe on the team. I mean, Marlowe was the captain there. Yeah. yeah. And he had Jumbo Joe there as a the captain. Now you have Pavelski. And if anyone can talk to these young guys about not overthinking something like that it's marlo who mm -hmm. stayed on the team for years and still loves being there and you know the, the 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 team that i think provides an interesting template is winnipeg who's the captain of winnipeg it's not patrick liney it's blake wheeler right yeah and, and he should be the captain and he there. should but that's my point he's exactly he, should I, be shifley oh blake wheeler's a hugely important it's a good guy. argument though it's <laughs> a, good, it's yeah, a young so, guy yeah. it's a young guy but, base of the organization and that's the thing Are but, we, well sean but you've been in that who's, who's going to be on the roots ads and uh the to watch ads going forward is but, it going to be morgan riley no you're going to have austin matthews and but baby there you face go you have it right there Marner. yeah i'm t or okay. justin pogey one of the if you if you're going to use winnipeg <laughs> where did that yeah. come from God. he was the face of the organization you don't you don't he remember that the face of the yeah, organization he was on all the roots ads and all the uh, justin pogey yeah pull no. it up pull it up and show it through the oh, airwaves show it to the airwaves <laughs> man but what you, i'm you saying know, you is you go on tv one time Stuart, and you come in but here what i'm just saying from a marketing standpoint marketing the yeah. young guys and then, you know what riley's not even that uh, that old to be honest with you but it's Tavares or marner so i think if you don't think that if Matthews doesn't have, they name a C and Matthews doesn't have a C, it's not going to cause a problem. I think it's, I think you're you're crazy to be honest with you. I think it's between. Go ahead, Tavares, and uh, Morgan, <laughs> JT and Morgan Riley. I got no pictures of Justin Pogge and Roots. <laughs> I remember that. Are you want Ask Jeeves? Is that Ask Jeeves? What is that? Do you not remember yeah. that? It was, was on, on the it front was of every... Yeah, yeah, at the ghost stations. Oh, it was all on right, the, all the... Right. Go to every routes and there he is. Yeah, okay. I, you got to get off of Bing there. Gotta, get off of what? Bing. Or is that Ask Jeeves? What search engine are you using? Stop <laughs> that Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Jesus. That's bad. Um, it's Lisa Morning Skate with Stuart Matthias and Blair, apparently. Um, all right. So we decided that uh, Morgan Morgan Riley is, is clearly able... Uh, to handle this. The trickle-down effect of this move, what do you think it does for the other defense pairings, you know, now that it's going to be Riley and, and, and Muzzin? Um, you know, we talked, I think, a lot about Ron Hainsey and, and, and his workload. Um, how, how do you think this, this will impact the other defense pairings in the long run? Uh, I think it's going to be good for Hainsey. It's going to take a little bit of his workload uh, off, and it's going to bump him down, I think, to 15 to 17 minutes, where I think he's really going mm -hmm. to, you know, shine on the PK. And I think he's going to, you know, go into a bit of a mentorship role with Dermot. Dermot's playing some good hockey. He's making a couple mistakes here and there. But I think learning from the veteran uh, that's been around for a while in Hainsey, it's really going to help elevate his game. So um Hainsey's gonna I think he's gonna be fine with the new role I'm really concerned about uh Ozeganov now that he's sitting in in the press box you know and he's gonna be the yeah, waiting for his opportunity again yeah. there's guys that you know that come over from overseas that uh they want to 
come in and be a star right away. And if not, they're on the first plane back to back home. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles that uh, demotion. But we've also got to add, though, by the way, too, a lot will depend on Jake Gardner's uh, on the back. I mean, we need to see. We need to see yeah. where that goes. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, Garner might be out of here and he gets his opportunity. But um, if Garner goes, I think there's another right. I think there's a right-handed shot coming in. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think it stabilizes the defense as a whole. And it makes it, 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 it answers the questions that a lot of the fans had, you know, at the beginning of the season. So I think this move was good for the politics side, but it was a good hockey move also. Yeah, you bring in more depth. You got a guy who's got two Stanley Cups and that's a guy you want in the locker room when you're in the playoffs, right? In a tough series. So is it's it good that big for the whole a deal, team. really? The, the, having the guy with, with the ring there, the guy with the experience, is it that big a deal? I think so, because the game's so much tougher in the playoffs. you got a young team, and this guy's been through it all. You know, Muzzin, he's he's won two cups. He played with the best defenseman in the game, one of them anyways, yeah. Drew Doughty. Yep. Uh, he's got a lot to teach this team, and he's a, he's a great pickup. When you have a guy who comes into your team like Jake Muzzin, who's going, he's going to get a lot of ice time. I mean, regardless of who he was going to play with, he was going to get a lot of ice time. We'll still figure out how he fits or if he fits in one of the power play units as well. Guys, what, are, what adjustments will the forwards have to make to a new defenseman? Because I've always wondered about that. We talk about, you know, the, 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 his defense partner's got to adjust and all that stuff. But I got to think when you have a different guy bringing the puck out of your own end, uh, you've got to make some adjustments as well, whether you're a winger or a center. What depends what line you're on. If you're on the fourth line, you're in there, and you're just rimming it up anyways to the D. So right, um, but, on, on first, but it's different. Yeah, yeah. Especially like, with now Morgan Riley playing his off wing, you might not see him as much. But like I said, he's all over the place anyways. I think he's mm-hmm. just going to pick it up and go. Yeah, Muzzin. Muzzin has no problem lugging the puck up and down the ice, but I think the the forwards corps, they can't really be blowing the zone as as they have. They haven't right. been doing it too much as of late, but they can't just be going off to the races waiting for that, uh, you know... Waiting for the breakaway The 80-foot pass, pass right. you know, sauce pass. That's not really his game. He's more of a guy that cuts cuts behind the net, you know, skates it to the blue line and, and makes a play. So um, as a forward, you know, you give him some time to sort of figure it out, but... I don't think it's going to be a big adjustment because he's a really good puck-moving defenseman that can skate the puck. He's big. He can absorb contact, and he's got a good shot too. So I think the forwards are, yeah, they're 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 hoping to get a couple more passes, easier passes on the breakout. But, but he, I think he the can forwards do the job. Are going to enjoy his shot the most because he walks the line. Well, not standing in front of it. Well, I mean, he walks the line <laughs> yeah. like Morgan Riley slides it over. He's well, yeah. like he's got him a bomb. And Dowdy yeah. had a great he's thing a going. He's got a yeah. gr- he walks off the line beautifully and he gets shots on net. What do you mean? Walk, explain walking off the line. Uh, he just creates those shot lanes. So he'll mm-hmm. get a yeah. pass and he'll yeah. take those couple side steps, get out of the block zone and get yeah. through the winger who's trying right. to block it. And yeah. which is, we talk about the forwards, they're going to have a great time tipping that shot in. He was, He's got a great shot. Yeah, because normally end. when mm-hmm. uh, some defense course of the pass, you know, the puck would come around the wall to the blue line. They would just, you know, fire it. It hit a, a pair of shin pads right. and go back in. So when they're walking the line, it's usually dragging the puck across the line at a, at a high rate of speed to create that shooting lane to get it on net. So, so, th- so there is a role for him in the power play in this team. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's got, I think he's that, uh, that, that one-timer option or that big shot option on the power play, whether they use him on the first line, first unit or the second unit. I don't think uh, he'll be on the first unit, but why not? Because he'll be—he's always played like where Matthews plays True. in L.A. So he yeah. plays that. He plays the strong. He doesn't take a one timer. He takes that strong hand shot, and that's where Matthews is. Where right? Uh, where uh, Morgan Riley's passing. So he's and on the second unit. Where do you put him? Because you got Gardner. Do you have him play with Gardner? Because that's 
that's where you could put him in that shot area. Well, they're going to have to find somewhere for him, right? They're not going to bring him in they're and just put him on in, pump yeah. three or put him on the <laughs> put him just for a PK uh, specialist. But it'll be interesting to see where they put him. But I think that's the big shot they've been missing. I know Riley can fire it, but mm-hmm. he's got that heavy, dense shot where you know if, if it hits the goalie, even in his chest protector, it's bouncing into a rebound, you know, to a stick. So uh, we'll we'll see, we'll see. But I think he's going to get some major uh, major minutes on the power play. Um, we expect that it'll be Marner and, and Matthews uh, together based on what we saw in practice yesterday. Um, they played the, the, the final game before the break and, and, um, you know, Mike Babcock was kind of, he was kind of, he was a little lukewarm in praise of the two of them playing together. He was seemed a lot more, ha- a lot happier with William Nylander's play on his line. Um, how, how long do you think he sticks with Marner Matthews and, and, and Marlowe as a unit? Like, I'd like to see him – I want to see him give this thing a run for a while. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I want to see him give this thing a run. I'd like to see it for a little while. It'll be exciting. I think first game they're going to be who takes the puck, where. Because mm-hmm. they both like to have it on their stick. Um, I think Matthews has to adapt a game kind of like JT, who gives the puck to Marner and finds those open areas. Because Marner's just a beautiful passer. He plays with a lot of speed, and you got a guy like Matthews with the release he has. Just go find those soft areas. Marner's going to find you. And with that shot, you're going to get your cookies. I think they're going to play as long as they'd like to play together. Remember, we got two uh, RFAs coming up at the end of the season. And maybe they're doing this to hopefully they don't get any chemistry because maybe their their numbers <laughs> yeah, man, will come like, down a little bit. But conspiracy I theory. think you are a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. we, we saw the cry from help for help by Babcock by saying, well, I'm not really uh, too sure about this, but uh, you got to give it 10 games. Just like we were talking earlier, you know, earlier on in the season about Nylander is going to take 15, 20 games to, mm-hmm. to even get his legs underneath him. But it's interesting to see how, how it'll pan out. Uh, Marner, really good puck mover, really good, uh, you know, down low, making those little shovel passes in front. Uh, Matthews, we got to get him going. We got to get him going. He, we want him to be a perennial 40-goal scorer. I think he has to have that winger to get him the puck. It's Oops. usually the opposite where the centerman gets right. the winger the right. puck. But uh, Marner, I think, can now put him into that threshold. And hopefully that, you know, that gets him going where he can now put up. I could see him putting up, you know, back to his earlier pace, six, seven goals in the next 10 games and get back into uh, the scoring race. He's obviously too far out now. But getting back to that, you know, 0. .6, 0. .7 goals a game, which mm. he's capable of doing. I was going to say, like, you can't really – you said about Matthews, give him 10 games. They yeah. don't have 10 games to give him right now. It's not the beginning of the season. It's not like Neil and him scoring now. And when you have the chemistry of Marner and JT and, you know, you put those guys together. But if it's not going right off the hop, you put them right back together. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah. Anyways. But I, w- I was a fourth line when I was in Carolina. And um, sometimes I got bumped up to Eric Stahl's line. And I would say, well, you know what? I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I got to make this work. So I would really – put an effort to try to get as many points as possible because it could last a period, it can mm-hmm. last a shift, it could last a game. So I think they're really going to now push the pace, and I think you're really going to see their game, you know, come out in the next two or three because I think if they have a bad period and they're down, you know, 2-3-0 to uh, Detroit, I think Babcock's going to pull the court on well, them. Well, and this, I mean, this is a good – this is kind of a good game to give it a run too because Detroit gives up a lot of shots. I mean, I'm looking at this. I think they uh, – yeah, they give up thirty over thirty three shots a game, which yeah. so do the Leafs in that regard too. But this is a good. I think this is a good. This gives you a good look at 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 
at that line, at that combo. But they're not really set up to succeed. You give them a game before the break where guys are planning their trip. You give True. them a game after the break where they're, half of them are still on their trip. It's, it's, it's not really set up to succeed. But um, I, they're, they're pros. They're young. They're energetic. So I could see it working right off the bat. Are they looking at the, at the schedule and the standings right now, Sean, the Leafs? I think you have to be at this time of year. It's now you're in the final stretch. It's that's what I was saying. You can't give them ten games because every game matters in the last twenty games, especially. It's just the level of competition now is just increasing. It's going to get a lot tougher out there. The those small areas are going to get smaller, and uh, you know it's it's hard to find those goals. It's hard to get to the front of net. So the, with young guys, sometimes they have great first halves and slower second halves, but. This team knows what to, to do, I think. They had a, a good year last year. They got good leadership, good accusation uh, um, the other day. But it's a good move, and I think the team's going the right way. Um, well, we'll talk about this after the break. I want to ask you guys if you think the Leafs are, uh, if you think the Leafs are done or if you think Kyle Dubas has, has some more acquisitions ahead of him. What, what, has made, what do you think made... William Nylander, that 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 third line click in that game against Washington, Kadri. Nylander, Kadri. <laughs> yeah, Kadri looked like it. He looked like he was having. I don't know. If, it just looked to me like you had you saw better body language out of him in that game. Like it, it's almost you almost got the sense that it's like thank God I, you know I've got Nylander now. I'm sort of getting. Yeah, I'm going to be able to yeah. get my. So due here. when you when you get a line mate that you're that you're happy with. You, you show that enthusiasm. And you saw that in his game where he had a little hop in his step. He was making those plays. And I think he really wants to play with Nylander. And I think he has an opportunity now saying, hey, if I'm with Nylander and uh, Brown for the next you know, little bit, I can really put up some points. So I know he's been struggling in the points department, but he's been doing all the little things right. Uh, you know, he's playing on that power play unit. He's winning some big face-offs. He's playing uh, some major minutes. But I think now he has an opportunity to get back and start being the Nazem Kadri of, 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 of old and, you know, putting up those points, you know, putting up, you know, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 points a game. So I think he's really excited about the opportunity, and I think that's what, you know, got him that extra enthusiasm to play better with Nylander. Yeah, for sure the two of them before the game had a little talk, I bet. Did you say – you looked like you were going to say a beer or something the night before. <laughs> no, they after, had a beer. after the game. <laughs> after that game, for sure. But, uh, yeah. no, for sure, like, you know how it is if – you want to succeed with a player, you're you're getting pumped up before the game, and they played yeah. great together. And I think Kadri uh, definitely wants Nylander on his line. He wants someone to give him the puck, and so he can shoot and get those areas again. And look what happened last game with the two of them: three assists and what was it, three and one for Kadri? Yeah. But if if this doesn't go well with uh, Marner and you know Matthews, what's Ma- Matthews going to say? Well, you know what? I want Nylander. <laughs> give me mm-hmm. Nylander back here. I need Nylander, uh, and that you know that hurts Kadri now. So it, it's a bit of a Game of Thrones of uh, line juggling, so we'll see how it goes. Um, I've got a stat here I want to throw at you guys, uh, courtesy of our friends at NHL.com. Uh, I, I don't know what this means. That's why I, I, I want to get your take on this. If but it's Corsi, don't ask me. Ask it's got game. nothing to do with Corsi. It's, re- it's <laughs> results-oriented. But the three games last night uh, all saw the winning teams come back after being down at least a goal. Um, through Thursday, almost... 45% of the games that have been played in the NHL have seen, you know, the winning team come from behind, and that's the most we've ever seen in an NHL season uh, before the beginning of February. You know, we're seeing there's more offense in the game now. There are more comebacks in the game. What does that say to you, Sean, about where the game is going? It's definitely more offensive. You're seeing these, like, seven, six games. It's different. A couple of years ago, it was doing systems. It was all about those one nothing games. Mm-hmm. And now... 
it's it's confusing because I played for Babcock a couple years ago and he stressed defense, defense, defense. And, you know, they're scoring tons of goals and there's nights where you're like, do they even have defense? So mm-hmm. it's uh, the game's definitely changed in the last three years and it's going to be really weird to see where it goes uh, personally, where, where it goes for the next couple years because these kids are so good now. I think it's from YouTube, all the skill sessions and the kids are just getting better. They're more creative and it's definitely, uh, I think it's trending in the right way though. No, I think it's teams are not they're playing they're not not playing to lose anymore they're 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 going for it you know whereas before teams are jockeying for position okay you know what we're gonna play and hopefully just get the point and you know we'll we'll do a little bit of a trap but now the game's a little bit wide a little bit more wide open where teams are you know pushing the pace so um the last couple uh comebacks i'll chalk that up to the break where guys aren't they're not 100 percent they're mentally they've only had one or two practices uh, they still got a little bit of the bus and margarita legs in them, and it takes time to get adjusted, you know, to get back bus to... Bus and margarita legs. <laughs> yeah, quote me on that. Uh, uh, to get back to normal. But I think now teams are are going for it. They're, they're not worried about that overall defensive side of the game. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of young budding stars here that can put up a lot of points. I remember looking at Hockey DB the other day, and I'm looking at guys after, you know, 50 games. They got 66 points, 72 points. Yeah. I'm like, I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before. And I'm like, how does this guy got 46 points? When I played, he only had 10 points in the whole entire but season. How do they have this many points after 50 games? See, that's what I find interesting because I'm old enough I can remember when that used to be the case. You yeah. guys played in a time when it wasn't the case, and yeah. now you're seeing it yeah. go to that, yeah. to that degree. There would be four or five guys over point a game in the, in the entire season. Yeah. There's probably 20 guys in the whole entire league after 50 games, you know, more than, you know, over point. One, right? One point one, right? Only a couple of years ago, Jamie Ben won the scoring title with like eighty-seven points. Yeah, yeah that's how crazy the games got. And it's a, the scoring leader had eighty-seven points. Was that four years ago? So are guys going to have one hundred fifteen, hundred eighteen points this year? I don't, I don't know. Rantanen, is he going to have that many points? I don't know. I Marner, mean, what's Marner going to get? It seems to me, and just, no, what is he going to get? Literally, what is he going to get on his on his salary next year? That's the next. What question. is he going to get? No, no, I don't. I don't want to talk about offer sheets and stuff like that. It's it's too early to worry about that. I'm just worried about what the Leafs are going to do. Yeah. Uh, it's Leafs morning skate with uh, Jeff Blair, Anthony Stewart, and Sean Mathias. We'll take a break. Be back with more. Now Jeff Blair can tell you bedtime stories. Subscribe to podcasts of the Jeff Blair Show at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher and listen anytime you want. Sweet dreams. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Now back to Leafs Morning Skate on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Offside. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. Or onside. My goodness side are you on? Hey, get off my back. All right, let's go. All right. Welcome back to Lee's Morning Skate. Jeff Blair, Anthony Stewart, Sean Mathias. Uh, we'll we'll get we'll get the offside onside, but I we, I'm a little disappointed that you just told us a story, and I know I'm throwing you under the bus. That's a bit fine. Here. It, it yeah. happened, but we were talking about watching uh, the, the, the seeing in the news the fire at that that complex in Agent Agent Court. And I said I wanted to send DeVoe a text and say, you sure you want to be a fireman? Like, I'm watching these guys out there. They've got, you know, they're freezing and, and adding weight to the, you know, to the to the equipment and all this stuff. And you piped in. And I, you were a pretty tough guy when you played. You piped in with it was so cold, you only put 14 bucks worth of gas in your car and yeah. then just basically left. 
Yeah, that's how cold it was. I could speak. Handle, I could you couldn't speak. handle putting gas in your car. I, yeah, I could speak for all Torontonians and saying it was that cold yesterday. I pumped it at nine o'clock. Gas is usually, you know, under a dollar. So that's a tip for all you Torontonians. Get it at after nine o'clock. Gas is under under a buck, usually around ninety. And fourteen, literally, it was one of those pumps. You know, usually every, usually most gas stations, you know, every second you get a liter. But this one was going so slow. I was probably okay. out there all for right. about seventy six seconds, fourteen bucks. I'm like, you know what? If I don't make it back to Markham from Vaughn, I don't care. But I'm getting out of this. Okay, cult. you know what? Okay, I'll, I will rise to your defense then, because nothing bothers me more. Than slow gas pumps, it, oh. it it really does. It's another conspiracy. A- when gas is cheap, the gas comes out slower. Especially <laughs> on those cold days, eh? Uh, all right. Well, let's get to offside onside. Um, you know, look, I, I've I've made a point of saying that I really don't want to talk about offer sheets because I think it's silly to worry about what's going to happen in the summer when you know we 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 like to think we're going to have a fair amount of hockey left in us this year, but. Um, <laughs> You know, th- there there have been a few more reports have surfaced. And, you know, people like Brian Burke have been talking all along that he thinks it's absolutely 100% certain that somebody's going to offer sheet one of the UFAs with the with, with the Leafs this year. And what I find interesting about it, first of all, if you, first of all, if you take a, a look at the number of UFAs that are going to be out there, um, there are a ton of guys out there. There are a ton of guys I, quite frankly, would rather offer sheet than either of the Leafs guys. Braden Point, I might be a... I might, I might be interested in that step. But anyhow, well, my point is this, a bad segue with Braden Point. Um, you know, again, I'm not going to worry about the offer sheet, but I'm definitely not worried with an offer sheet for Mitch, Mar- Mitch Marner. The guy that I think of the two that I would be most concerned being offer sheeted is Austin Matthews. And, and I think, because I think one of the things we need to see the rest of the season, guys, is, is somehow the whole notion that he and Mike Babcock, that there's some sort of strain between them, there's some sort of stress in that relationship, that has to be put to rest. Because if it isn't, you know, I can see a team looking at Mitch Marner and going, Toronto kid, he's going to sign there. Austin Matthews might be an issue with the coach. You know, if the Leafs go out in the first round, I can see a team taking a look at that situation and going, you know, let's offer sheet Austin Matthews. Let's offer sheet Austin Matthews. I mean, that's am I onside or offside here, Anthony? I'm more concerned about him than I am about. Well, Mitch I'm going to let Ziggy down here, but I'm going to say onside. Um, Austin, <laughs> Austin Matthews, in my opinion, you know, he is to this team what Matt Sundin is to the team. Um, and I think we get a, the Leaf fans, Leaf Nation gets a little bit, um, you know, spoiled because now we have Marner and John mm-hmm. Tavares, but. He's a guy that has potential to score 50 goals. And 50 goals don't grow on trees. So I think when it's all said and done, when you look down, you know, in his career, he's going to be mentioned among the great goal scorers. So to think that other teams don't notice that and are going to put an offer in on that, I think they're crazy. And, uh, you know, his his issues with Babcock aside, I think just on a pure hockey level, teams are lining up and potentially, you know, lining up to get this guy. And if I'm uh, Toronto, I'm worried about it because he's a guy that should be the face of your franchise. He should be wearing your C, as mentioned before. So I should be worried about a team like Phoenix because, you know, they've sort of been, you know, on the market now for the last, you know, five to 10 years. This is a guy that can get you that rink downtown, can be the face of your franchise, that you can give the C to, to and take you out of the dumps and make your team a winner. So yeah. 50 goals a year doesn't grow on trees, onside, you gotta lock up Matthews and give him all of the money. I don't know how much that is, but all of it is 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 what you gotta give him. 
All of it. All Give of it. it all yes. to Hashtag all of it. Yes. <laughs> Onside or offside, Sean. That, that, say, I, I'd be more concerned about about uh, Matthews than I am about Marner getting off or sheeted. Plus, I think Matthews, if I'm a team, I'm getting a guy who's just, I mean, he's, he's got a, I understand that, you know, Marner plays with a real joy in the ice and everything, but Matthews just kind of gives the vibe that he wants to be the big dog. Yeah, I agree with you there. He definitely wants to be the, I think that might be where some of that tension goes because he looks at a guy like Patty Line. Guys are competitive with one another. He's mm-hmm. scoring tons of goals. He's getting, not right now, he's, but he's had his hot streaks. And, you know, he definitely, he was the first overall pick. He wants to beat those guys. And he wants to be the, the big dog in the room, I think, too. So maybe you do give him C if it makes you happy there, Anthony. Yeah. So I want to know, is this the first time that we've had two people say onside since we started the segment this year? Pretty much. But, I mean, it doesn't count with Sigamanis because he's just a contrarian. <laughs> he's going he's gonna, he's gonna to be walking in here like Vince well, McMahon, he's kicking gonna the go, door. And he's going <laughs> to go against whatever in. you say. Well, I you think know. you're offside about Marner not worrying about him, though, because teams are going to be like, oh, it's oh, a Toronto kid. Now, just a minute. Now you're going back. We've had Well, just about Marner. Just about like Marner there. You said... As Only a Toronto segment. kid, he's we'll talk about there. that next time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you, I, I just, but uh, but I'm looking at it, at it from a different point of view. It, if I'm if I'm a team, I don't know. What, I'm not going to say Arizona. That's an obvious one. Let's just say I'm a team. Pick a team in any city. Let's say I'm Vancouver, and I'm looking at extending an offer sheet to somebody. As soon as I extend an offer sheet, my name's going to be mud with every other GM in the league. I'm going to put a target in my back. So if I'm going to do that. I got to be certain I'm going to get the guy. I think I've got to be certain if I'm going to be that bold. And I would just think looking at the situation right now that, and you know, you've got to do your due diligence, but if there is something between Matthews and the head coach here, and if, you know, and, and I'll tell you what, if this team doesn't win a playoff round this year, a lot of very uncomfortable questions are going to be asked in this city about the head coach. It's going to be on the captain, but who's Matthews. the captain? I may look at the situation and go, I think I can get that kid. I'm going to offer she. If I'm going to burn my reputation as a general manager and have every other general manager in the league mad at me, I'm going to do it for Austin Matthews. I'm not going to do it for Mitch Marner. But who's most likely Who are the, Who's most likely Toronto to give up those four first-round picks for? They're not going to let, they're not going to let uh, Matthews walk. Mm. They'll let Marner walk. So it's almost, yeah. if you look at it from both sides of the coin – they're more likely to get Marner because Toronto's saying, well, mm-hmm. you know what? We don't want to give him 12 and a half, 13 million. We'll and take the first four rounders, flip that, and go maybe give it to L.A. and get Drew Doughty. Now we have our perfect one-two punch in Matthews and Drew Doughty in a perfect world. And you could reunite Drew Doughty and, and Muzzin. Jake Muzzin. And the and conspiracy will be complete. The, <laughs> the gas will be under a dollar forever. Um <laughs> What'll worry you guys tonight? First game back after the All-Star break, bussing margarita legs. Is that what you said? Bussing margarita. <laughs> no, yeah. It's the worst game to come back to. I expl- I, or Christmas, too. Okay, what, what's harder? It, it's, to me, this has got to be harder, isn't it? Because mid-season. Eight not, days. Eight days. Like, what's a bad sign? If you're, if you're a Leafs fan watching the game tonight, you know, other than getting down three, like, what are you looking for that's going to tell you that, oh, boy, they're still on? They're still on break. They're still in one? Yeah, they're still in one. <laughs> well, I think those guys will know right away in morning skate. It's it's honestly the worst. Like, you take two days off the ice, your legs are gone. And mm-hmm. eight days? But I feel like a lot of these young guys, like, they just stay on the ice now. So, I bet you they'll be fine. But I saw the video of Nylander uh, skating. Yeah, yeah. BTNL. Yeah. So, he's just there 
That's probably from like, he filmed that two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's tough. It's tough coming back. Uh, I remember I was in the middle of my vacation one year in Jamaica, and I told everybody, oh, I'm going home to Toronto. And we got a text saying, how hey, we're going to have weigh-in first day. So I'm looking at myself. I'm sitting on the beach eating some jerk chicken. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to make weight. So I literally had to get back a little bit early, go sit in the steam room, ride the bike, do the uh, Chris Chelios uh, special uh, bike in the sauna just to make Ooh. weight. So I get to practice. You know, I'm dehydrated because I had to lose nine pounds. And my first skate was a joke, and we bag skated, and it, it was really, really tough. And thank God I only played six, seven minutes that night because you just dump the puck in, dump it out, skate full speed in the glass, and get off the ice. They always weigh you in after oh. a break, too. Do they, they do, eh? Oh, yeah. Day off, Christmas break, all-star break, you're yeah. getting weigh in. I was in sure. the minors in Chicago, and Chris Chelios was on the team uh, <laughs> that year, and they tried to weigh us in after Super Bowl. They're like, Atlanta wants to know the weights – uh, Stewie needs you to weigh in. I'm like, I'm not weighing in right now. They're like, we need you to weigh in. And I literally refused to get on the scale because I probably had about 2,200 chicken wings the night before. So that's the worst, the the impromptu weigh-in. And they always compare your weight from the beginning of the season. When you're, like, training your hardest, dieting hard, not eating spaghetti every single day. Yeah, it's a joke. I hate weighing. See, I'm learning. I'm le- we're learning all these things. I- Body fat, too. Just to really embarrass you. And they put it on the boards. One time I remember I cut the cord on the scale. Oh, stop it. You did not. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you got it for the body fat. And one trick is you get the lotion, you leather, leather yourself up so they can't really pinch. So that's another one that we used to do. So I knew all the tricks of the trade. So if you have any, uh, you kids out there, any uh, any questions on losing weight or uh, or cutting weight and faking it till you make it, give me a call. You guys really worked that hard to get around the system. The NHL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's probably why we're not. I'm not playing right now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. they, they, now they like te- they, at least they text you, so you're just like, oh. Okay. Well, now they get around it. Now they have the bod pod where they put you in a pod and they gauge your body fat by how much water you display. So I'm still working on a theory <laughs> on how to. So I was contemplating maybe I uh, say I'm allergic to water and I get but claustrophobic. But so, so they it's got like me water displacement. Yeah, they got me one year on that one. Yeah. Hey, what? Why? The best advice I ever but got why? from a veteran, Stewie. I was worrying about my body fat. I was worried about my fitness test scores. The best advice I ever got, Jay Bowmeister came up to me and said, Stewie, you're going to get what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, you, 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 learn, you learn something new every day. Um, I'm just, so they just, you, it's like water displacement. Water right? displacement, yeah. Technology. All right. Um, so we're going to see Jake Muzzin tonight. We've we've sort of beat that horse to death. Um, and uh, we'll wait to see who the starting goaltender is. Uh, what do you think Kyle Dubas is thinking this morning about what, he, what else he needs to add to this team, Sean? Like, I can't... I don't believe you add a guy this early, this far ahead of the trade deadline, which is a smart move. But I can't believe you do that and then just kind of... Okay, I'm done. Yeah, he seems to be – he likes to make a splash, so I don't know what he's going to do. Do you go for a forward that maybe can help with your bottom six? Maybe like a depth position type of guy, like an older guy who can go on your fourth line that scored a bit in his past and maybe his best years are behind him. But for a playoff push, maybe that's a guy that you could have in that game seven that's a hero or something because they to win the cup, you need four lines scoring. Mm-hmm. Every team, you know what I mean? They They don't do that. 
The Leafs don't do that. They don't have four lines. They need that fourth line going. They need Wayne Simmons. Mm-hmm. Can they afford him? I don't know. And they need... They, they haven't really given... A, it's not like they gave up the crown jewels for Muzzin. The first no. round pick is... You know, I think we ex- we almost expected that to go at some point yeah. during this trade deadline. They've still got... I mean, unless we're completely misreading what other people think of their team, yeah. they've still got some depth to trade. Yeah. yeah, and they need to stabilize that bottom six. So uh, Simmons, in my opinion, is a top six forward, but they need that guy that gets to the net, that creates a little bit of havoc after the whistle, that top taps in that, uh, you know, the, that goal that's laying in the crease, mm-hmm. you know, in, in OT or in, in the third period. Third yeah, so... I keep uh, reiterating a guy without a visor. There's not many of those guys left anymore, but someone that's not afraid to get to those dirty areas and score yeah. and score those goals. And uh, I would be fine with their decor right now as it is, mm-hmm. but we're talking Stanley Cup. Maybe you add another right-handed uh, Polak-type guy, maybe yeah. a, a Gudis from uh, Philadelphia, someone like that that's just tough to play against because, in my opinion, and we've talked before, the team's not tough to play against. It's mm-hmm. it's it's too much freewheeling, too much up and down north south hockey. But if you just address that with the defense core, is that enough? I think so. Or do you, I think you, so. so? You don't I necessarily... think so that um, okay. Muzzin's been underutilized and hasn't had the great season in LA. He's just a product of the whole LA vortex right now that they're not doing well. I think the fans are really going to see how great of a player that Muzzin is, and they're not going to have any questions about the D after you know five ten games because he's the real deal. Right. So you don't necessarily think that you absolutely have to add that other depth, tough player up front if you, if you want to put it that way. I mean, in a perfect world, you would, right? I think you do on the on the offense because I'm I'm looking at the you know the bottom six. You know, you got the goat, Janssen, Lindholm, you know, Kadri, Nylander, Brown. That's that's a good scoring line, but mm-hmm. down low, you need guys that can eat up minutes, that can push the pace, that can uh, you know, beat down the other team's yeah. defense. And sort of open it up for the top lines. You need that, but you kind of need an upgrade in Lindholm and, and yeah, nothing and, against and, them. And but Gauthier. for that fourth line, you got to go a little bit more prototypical. You you, you got to go, you know, grit, grit, mm-hmm. truculence. Simmons would look great on that third line, though. Yeah, yeah. How do you get Simmons and Gudis here? You call up. You don't call up Ron Hextall because he's not there anymore. You call <laughs> up uh, whoever's the GM. You, I think it's Gritty. I think Gritty's the GM. You call him. You make him an offer, and you go from there. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that's that's easy enough. Call up Gritty. <laughs> Maybe trade Carlton the Bear for Gritty. See if you can pull if you can pull that off. Uh, who has to start for the least? I haven't seen this yet. Is it Anderson? You go with Anderson right now, and then, or do you go with Sparks tonight and come back with Anderson tomorrow? Well, I would say Hutchinson, but that's another for conversation. Yeah. Uh, but I think you get Anderson, throw him right into the fire, get his reps back. Um, um, you go him tonight, um, and then Sparks maybe tomorrow against Pittsburgh, just to sort of. Would you go back to back with Anderson? Because no. you you have no, had the it's break? too tough. No. It's too tough. Guys okay. are prone to injury, especially after the break. They probably only had the one practice, maybe the morning skate. It, it's tough to go from zero to sixty okay. right away. So That's I think you got to get sparks. sparks in one of the games. But um, do you really want to lose the first game after the break? Well, it's on Away the road. Game. Yeah, I would start Sparks. Let his groins feel it. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean? Is that a little innuendo? Let his groins feel it. <laughs> No, I, well, <laughs> yeah. you, no, you I, have a goalie who's had injuries, and yeah, you're going to put him in the first game after yeah, an eight-day break. Yeah. Let him have another day of practice. So I retract my statement. Yeah, yeah. let Sparks go. Guys, Here. thanks so much for doing this.
Thank you. I appreciate Thanks. it. Um, again, just to uh, get you set, the Leafs got back on the ice tonight against the Detroit Red Wings. Leafs Nation postgame with Stalic and Savard immediately following that game. Our next broadcast will be the Penguins and the Maple Leafs Saturday on Sportsnet 590. The fans, CBC and Sportsnet Ontario, Sidney Crosby and the Penguins in town. And uh, as I said, that's it for us. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.